Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Amen and amen. Amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. I wanted to spend a minute or two saying thank you to Jesus for the great blessing that he has bestowed upon us and for the great work that he did to work out our salvation. Today we are celebrating all over the world the victory that Jesus Christ won for us. And I want you personally to lift up your voice and begin to thank the Lord right now. Lift up your voice and give him thanks. And give him praise. Give him thanks. Oh, that are the mentioning of the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and of things under the earth. What a great victory is won for us. Bless the name of the Lord today. Glorify his name. Lift his name up today. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we come in the name of Jesus. That name which is above every other name. We exalt you, Lord. We extol you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord, today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Sing it again. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name. Can you sing with me? What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name it is. Everybody can sing the song. The words are right up there on your screen. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Oh yes, nothing compares to this. And what a wonderful name it is. The name. Nothing can stand again. 
We worship you today, gracious God and Father. We bless your name for the greatest gift of all time. Thank you for the gift of your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you sent him at the time that you did. And you sent him for a reason and for a purpose. It was to save and redeem us from the bondage of Satan. And to rescue us from the captivity of sin and death. And to translate us into the kingdom of your dear son, our Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you did not have to do this. But you did this all the same. And thank you, Father, for the change that you've made in our lives. Thank you for the great hope that we look forward to. A hope of eternity with you for the rest of time. We thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. We thank you, Jesus, that you did not turn back from your purpose and from your mission and from your mandate. You could have, but you decided to go through with it. And that is why today we stand here saved, washed and purified by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that was slain once to redeem us from the curse of sin. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. We declare that you are the King of Kings. We declare that you are the Lord of Lords. We declare that you are the incomparable God. We declare that you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. That no one can come unto the Father except by you only. We declare that you are still the answer for the world today. Be magnified here today. And this morning speak unto us. And let your word come forth in truth, in power, in simplicity and in clarity. I thank you for everyone here today and I thank you for all those watching online this very moment. I thank you also for those who will watch later on. May everyone be blessed through the preaching of your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, and let everybody shout aloud, Amen. Amen. Clap unto the Lord if you can. Unto the Lord is what I said. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you Amen. and you may be seated. Luke chapter 24. Luke at 3 do you know a 9? And we want to read from verse number 1. Luke chapter 24. Serves you right. Sembosheshem all this while. Thank you, Jesus. Have you found Luke 24 in your Bible? Why does the time run so fast? Hmm. Mister, can you kind of take off this, my thing, for me? I think I want to use the handheld. What they want to hold my man. Won't quarrel your dish. Won't quarrel your hand. What they want to hold my And tea, Masumo, Dada, Made me who Nina Bemao won't quarrel your decision, won't quarrel your hine. But they won't have to hold New Living Translation, Luke chapter 24. 
But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Now these were angels. And sometimes angels appear like men. That's why you must be nice to everybody you meet. Because you may have encountered an angel. If you are somebody who is used to insulting people, please take your time and stop insulting. Because one day you may end up insulting an angel. And angels don't like to be insulted. Tell your neighbor, careful now. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive he isn't here he is risen from the dead remember what he told you back in Galilee that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day then they remembered that he had said this so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples because one had killed himself and everyone else what had happened hallelujah Amen. tell your neighbor Christ is risen and he is risen indeed or say it again to another person say Christ is risen and he's risen indeed. Now, sorry, I'm pampa. Tell the same thing to the third person. Hallelujah. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to announce to you that Jesus Christ is risen and he's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Because he lives, I confess tomorrow. Because Christ lives, all fear is gone. And now I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Lift up your hand and say, Jesus is alive. And because he lives, I can face my tomorrow. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I've experienced, no matter what is happening now, I know that he holds my future and everything everything is going to be just fine clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus and this morning for the little time that we have left I want to share with you a message that I have titled Satan's mistake our victory. Satan's mistake. Our victory. Tell your neighbor, Satan's mistake became our victory. Oh, tell another person the same thing. Satan's mistake has become our victory. And tell another person it will happen again. Tell another person it will happen again. 
he is still making mistakes and God will turn it into a victory for us clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus hallelujah Amen. open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 reading from verse 6 to 9 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 to 9 King James New Living King James King James King James How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect So that word perfect means mature Yet not the wisdom of this world. Nor of the princes of this world. Please take note of the phrase. The princes of this world. Not the wisdom of this world. Nor of the princes of this world. That come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. Take note again. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear head neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. And say again with me, Satan's mistake our victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this passage of scripture we just read is revealing two very important things to us. That there was a plan that God had. It was a hidden plan. It was a mysterious plan. It was a plan that he ordained before the foundations of the world were laid. What plan am I referring to? I am talking about the redemption plan. The redemption plan. Bob Marley has a song like that. Redemption plan. Bob Marley no friend. Redemption plan. I don't know what the song is about. Redemption song. It's a redemption song. He has redemption song and we have what? Redemption plan. Before the foundations of the world were laid. Mysteriously. In a hidden way. God had a plan in place. This was the plan that a time will come that he will send his only begotten son to come and die for the saints of mankind. And ladies and gentlemen, it is difficult to believe it. And it is difficult to understand it. That even before God laid the foundations of the world, he had a plan already in place. You need to understand about the God you serve. That he always knows the end from the beginning. And there is nothing that hits him by surprise. We are the ones who get surprised. 
by the things that happen to us. But where God is concerned, everything is crystal clear. Everything is plain to him. We are the ones who don't get it. And I want you to understand that human as we are, there are many things that God is doing. There are many things to do with the ways of God that we will never understand. And that is why in working with God and in serving God, there is a need to just trust him and believe that he is in control and to believe that all things will work together for your good. Lift up your hand and say, all things will work together for my good because God is in control. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we see from this scripture that we read we see about the plan of God which is also referred here to as the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Then there's a second thing that I want to draw your attention to. It says that the princes of this world they had no idea about this plan of God. Because if they had known it, if they had known it, they would never have made the mistake of crucifying the Lord of glory. And I ask you to take note of the expression the princes of this world. Now, who is this referring to? Is this referring to the political leaders of those times? The Roman leaders at that time? Is this expression referring to the elders of the Jews? Is it referring to the soldiers? Is it referring to those who organized for Jesus to be crucified? I don't think so. Because they were not the princes of this world. They were not the leaders of this world. They were leaders of Israel. Or of Rome, which was just a limited space and a limited domain. But it says here, the princes of this world. So, who is this scripture referring to? Look at John chapter 14, verse 30. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. Now, can you read the next line with me? Ready, go. For the prince of this world cometh. Say that again. For the prince of this world cometh. Say it one more time. For the prince of this world cometh. For the prince of this world cometh and, and hath nothing in me. Now, did you see that expression again? Prince of this world. And earlier on in the scripture we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talked about the princes of this world. Now go back to John 14, 30. The prince of this world coming. So I ask you, who was he referring to? Who? Why? No, just read it and think about it. Who do you think Jesus was referring to? He was referring to Satan. And he called him the prince of this world. Now, do you remember in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 that for we wrestle not against 
principalities. 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 For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, to me, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places who is being referred to here demons evil spirits and the forces of evil and forces of darkness. If you connect what I have just said, it only makes sense to conclude that when the Bible talks about the princes of this world in relation to those who crucified Jesus, he is referring to Satan or Kasafa Bronsam and his hearts of evil spirits and demons. Because they are the ones who rule in the world. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they handed over control and dominion of this world to the devil. And to his cohorts of evil spirits. And so the princes of this world is referring to the devil and to evil spirits. And the Bible is saying that if they had known the hidden wisdom of God, if they had known God's plan, they would never have made the mistake of crucifying the king of glory. They didn't know what they were doing. And so they committed a great mistake. And their mistake is what has led to our victory. Somebody says Satan's mistake are victory. Hallelujah. Amen. The closing stages yeah. of Jesus' earthly life and ministry must have been very difficult. And things looked very, very bad for him during the last few days of his earthly ministry. At a point, if you sit back and you look at what was happening, you may conclude and say, something has gone horribly wrong. And something hasn't worked out well. When you look at the events that played out, leading to Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, his death and his burial. I would explain it to you. So here we have Jesus telling his disciples that I need to go to Jerusalem. And when I go there, they are going to arrest me and they are going to kill me. And the disciples were shocked. And said to him, then why are you going? But he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Peter took him to the side and said to him, stop talking the way you are talking. Because you are frightening the boys. And you are demoralizing the troops. Don't say the things that you are saying. You cannot die. I will not allow you to die. And Jesus had to rebuke him. But it was clear at that time that they did not understand what was going on. As they went along, Jesus noticed that they were arguing among themselves. And he asked them that what were you arguing about? Initially, they didn't want to say because they were ashamed. 
But of course, Jesus knew what they were arguing about. So here we have Jesus. He knows that something very terrible is about to happen to him. And his closest associates and friends were quarreling among themselves as to who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's like they didn't understand the things that he was telling and they were quarreling about position. You would have thought that it would have ended there. But it did not. Jesus was sitting somewhere thinking about himself. And I tell you my friend, if you know you are going to die and you also know how you are going to die it will not be an easy thing. And Jesus knew he knew exactly how they were going to kill him. And during those last few days of his earthly life, I'm sure he was very quiet. Very sober. Maybe even a little depressed. Thinking about what laid ahead of him. He was sitting there minding his own business. When a certain mother came with her two sons, Mama, Mama, James and John, they did not like how the issue that they were discussing with the others was settled. So they went to tell their mother and said, Ma, come and say some for us. So, mother, mm-hmm. She comes, no, no, so this is no buy. I said, All correct, Jesus. I have one small request. You can do everything. And what I'm asking you to do is very small. Jesus said, Go ahead and say. And she was so confident when she was because he knew that Jesus had a soft spot for the two sons of Zebedee, especially John, whose name I bear. He is called the beloved or the disciple whom Jesus loved. Mary! Mary. Mary. The mother of, okay, Mrs. Zebedee. She knew that Jesus really cared about these two guys. So she said to him, I beg you, when you come in your kingdom, I know that there will be a chair on your left and another chair on your right. Please, don't give it to Peter. Don't give any of those chairs to Andrew. Put John on your right and James on your left. That's all I'm asking. Jesus explained to her, Mommy, you don't know what you are talking about. It is not my decision. And I'm sure that Jesus was thinking and he said that this woman, if she understood what I'm going through as I'm sitting here, she will not be coming to ask me this. They continued. They entered Jerusalem. They organized the Last Supper. They organized bread. I'm sure fish. And some wine. As they were eating. And drinking. Jesus was spying just one of them. As he was eating freely. He had left his body. And eat. He has left his body. And was eating. Talking by heart. Making jokes. Jesus was watching him. Who was this? It was the minister of finance. His name was brother Judas. Judas. One of... <laughs> Charlie, you are some way. I forgive you for saying what you said. And I can't even repeat it. The minister of finance. Don't mind this pastor. He mentioned the name of the minister of finance of a certain country whose name begins with Jane. You see, for somebody to become the minister of finance, it must be somebody who is really trusted. 
And Judas was the minister of finance. He was in charge of the monies. And he it was. Jesus' own familiar friend. He it was who was going to betray him. For 30 pieces of silver. Which was the price for a slave in those times. If you work it out in dollars, it was about $75. In Ghana cities today, it's about 540 Ghana cities. That is how much he sold Jesus for. I'm sure that as Jesus was looking at him, he was saying that, so if you want to sell me, is it just for 540 Ghana cities? Only 540 Ghana cities. That is the price you paid on me. As he looked at him, Jesus was just shaking his head in his head. Sometimes you can shake your head in your head. And probably said in his head, hey, people are not people. He watched him. From there, you see, I'm describing to you what Jesus went through. And I'm saying to you that if you look at these different events that play out, the picture you get is a picture of something that didn't work. Of a plan that had gone wrong. Because everything around him was not working. He went with them to the garden of Gethsemane to go and pray. And during that period, he knew that in a few hours time, Judas was going to come with a band of soldiers to arrest him. And he was thinking about what God wanted him to do. At the point he didn't want to. He told the disciples, wait here and pray that you don't enter into temptation. <laughs> they didn't understand what he was saying. And he went a little further with Peter, with James and John. He said, wait for you, join me. Let's pray. Let's intercede. And then he went further to go and pray and speak to the Father. Say, Father, I beg this thing where you won't do, make you no do. Make you no make I go through this. I beg you. So emotional was he that even his sweat became like blood. After one hour or so of praying, he goes to where his trusted assistants are. They were asleep. No matter. A They were snoring in addition. And there's some snoring that is very annoying. Have you encountered that, that, that sort of snore before? That, that one, they change the meter band. They start at key C. Give me C. Then you will move to D. Then you move to F. And that's what it keeps changing from one to the other. That was the kind of snoring that those guys Jesus woke them up. Hey! You don't know what is coming. And you are sitting here sleeping and snoring three times. He went and came back to find them doing just For the final time, he woke them up and said, in fact, he didn't wait that you continue sleeping. And not long after, Judas appeared with the soldiers and he came to kiss him. Because that is what he had arranged with the people. That the one that I kiss is the one you are looking for. Immediately I finish kissing him. him. And don't let him go. And so they arrested him. Is this a plan that is working well? The savior. 
the king the redeemer they've come to arrest him how can this be a plan that is they carried him away organized a trial for him arranged for people to come and say all sorts of things but Jesus did not respond to any of them sometimes in life your best approach is to keep quiet and not say anything because in that is your victory and your protection and your deliverance he said nothing as they said all kinds of fantastic things whilst they were trying him he saw in the crowd his faithful assistant number one brother Peter sitting by the fire the last time he saw Peter he was running away in the garden of Gethsemane when they came to arrest Jesus all the disciples all of them told him that we are prepared to die with you every one of them ran away Peter was not a young man but that day I'm sure he broke the world record that day for the 100 meters dash that record does not belong to Usain Bolt it belongs to Peter he ran all of them initially he did some skirmishes because he had some sword so when they saw that the people had come then he pulled out his sword Jesus said hey what are you doing put your sword back and stop that too no he picked the guy's ear and he didn't use super glue just the anointing he stuck it back in place when Peter them saw what was going on all of them ran away that was the last time he saw Peter so now he was seeing him again sitting in a corner somewhere by the fire because he was feeling cold it was a cold night he was there when somebody came to tell him that you look family, family, familiar. Ah, are you not with this guy that they are trying? Say me. Does he look like my type? Does he look like somebody, somebody like me would be associating with? He said to excuse me. Then he moved to another place. The another person came and said, I've seen you somewhere before. You are one of these guys. He said, ah, small warming of myself that I'm trying to warm. Why you guys worry me like that? I say, I don't know him. There are some things everybody does somewhere. You think that it's only Ghanaians who know how to treat. He treated. And he moved away. And I don't know the English word for treat. If you find it, let me know. Uh, huh? Hey, hey, don't say that. It is not chuckled. Abba. But the wildest one was when a small girl came. I know you. You know little children. You're bad man. When? sharing the bread and the fish I said I wanted more fish you give me a knock on my head you are one of the disciples oh that's it foolish girl go and fetch water for your and others say it's true it's true I swear I swear by my father's canto this Jesus I don't know him immediately the cock crowed 
And Jesus had told him earlier that this was what was going to happen. And it happened. He broke down and he wept. And he left the place. And Jesus was all alone. All his disciples were alone. Does it look to you like a plan that is working? Pilate comes on the scene and realizes that no, this guy that they've arrested, he has not done anything. He wanted to free him. And it was their custom that during the Passover feast, Pilate would give the people an opportunity to ask for one prisoner to be freed. And Pilate thought he had come up with some bigger plan by which he would free Jesus. So he went to search through his prisons looking for the wildest, the most hardened criminal of them all. His name was Barabbas. Perhaps he was an armed robber, a rapist, a murderer. Everybody knew about him. Pilate thought that if I bring this guy and I put him by the side of Jesus, oh, the people will save from Jesus. He was shocked. He was shocked. When the people lifted up their voices and said, Free Barabbas! In fact, Pilate's mouth opened. And somebody had to tell him, Close your mouth. And then he closed. He couldn't believe his ears. He said, Ah, so what should I do with this? And then he almost fainted. Because they cried out with one voice. Crucify him! Crucify him! Heal him! He doesn't deserve to be. This was the Jesus who healed their sick. This was the Jesus who delivered their children from demon possession. This was the Jesus who raised their dead. This was the Jesus who took them to restaurant one night, more than 5,000 men, excluding the women and the children, and he organized food for everybody. The same people who a few days earlier had shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Right there in that crowd were probably many of these guys who were now shouting for his blood. They had rejected him. They rejected him. Does it look to you like a plan that is working? They caught him and they whipped him. As if the sentence to be crucified on the cross was not enough. They now tortured him before taking him to the cross. By the time they finished with him, you couldn't recognize him. And that is what Isaiah described in Isaiah 53. That he had no comeliness that we should desire him. His entire body from the crown of his head, from his brow all the way to his into pieces. Meat, meat. You could just see the meat and the blood oozing out. Does it look to you like a plan that is working? Then they took him and they nailed him to a cross. And for company, they killed him between two thieves. So anybody who comes to town who didn't know what was happening will say, oh, they have caught three thieves and they have killed all of them. 
But he was not a thief. But they killed him and put him to And even one of the thieves was insulting him. Hey, Papa. Papa. Are you not the one that they say did all those miracles? Why don't you come down from the cross and save us? Why are you hanging there and you are making all those noises? His friend rebuked him and said, You are the one that they say you, everything that they are doing to you, you deserve it. This man hasn't done anything. So shut your mouth. Shut your bloody mouth. And then he said, Jesus. He turned to Jesus. Said I beg you. Please remember me why. I don't know what it is. But as I look at you, I know that there is something very unusual about you. I can't explain it. But I believe that there is something about you. You must be more than an ordinary person. Please, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus said, I will remember you. As he hanged on the cross, the weight of the sins of the whole world was placed on him. And so wild was this that the father turned his back on the son. And that is why Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou for me? And for the first time in his life, the father turned away from the son. And you say it's a plan that is working. He died. And as if that was not enough, when he died, his spirit went straight down to hell. There was a welcome party of Satan and evil spirits. They were very excited. They were singing. You! You are the one who has been worrying us since time in memorial. You worried us. Have you seen that we got you now? Have you seen that we got you now? Come and see the jubilation and the celebration in hell. Not the flame of fire. But hell was, this hell that I'm describing is a place where people are kept awaiting the final judgment. Just to explain to you, there are different words that are used for hell in the Bible. One of them is Sheol. And that is a Hebrew word. It means a place for the dead. In the Greek, there's another word also used to... Refer to a place for the dead called Hades. Now, before Jesus came and worked out our salvation, everybody who dies, their spirit goes to Hades. But Hades, it is believed, has compartments and has sections. Those who died and were like righteous people, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and all these guys, they end up in a section there which is also called paradise. It's a place for the dead. And then all those who die who don't, who are not like righteous people, they are in another segment. And the devil is in control there. This was where Jesus descended when he died. And they were very happy. The demons when they saw him. For three days, come and see celebration. They said, we got him. I'm sure the demons walked up to Satan as he sat on his throne there and saluted him. You are Ogo. You are Baye. You have done it. You won. You got the victory. You are great. Friday. They were at it. 
Saturday they were Sunday morning after fooling around Friday and Saturday I'm sure they were resting and then the demon who was doing security that night ran back and said hey Nippon bro Nippon bro they said what is wrong he said I can see some light some bright light shining at the fast speed towards us they said what light and suddenly the whole of Hades was flooded with light. It was the light of God. It was the light of the Holy Spirit. God had decided that it was time. He said to the Holy Spirit, Go get my son out of here. The Spirit of God came mightily upon him. And this Jesus who was sitting in the corner quietly, that they had been mocking. That they had been taunting, that they had been teasing, that they had been laughing at for almost three days. He jumped up, strong, tall, with the glory of God upon him, with his eyes shining brightly. He walked up to the devil, stretched forth his hand, said, Give me the keys. He said, What keys, sir? He said, Give me the keys. Give me the keys to the power and the authority that you stole from Adam and Eve. Give me the keys right now. Trembling, he handed the keys over to him. And he said to him, Give me the keys. He said, Which are the keys? He said, The keys to Hades. The keys to death. Give all of them to him. He collected the keys. Went to where the righteous souls were. Collected all of them. And before he led them into heaven, he also decided to do a little show in hell. Line up the devil and all the demons. Attention! Standard is about ten. By the left, quick march. The Bible says he made a public show of them. And he showed them that you thought you had me you thought you had the victory you thought you had the upper hand but you didn't realize that before the foundations of the world were laid my father had a plan in place he didn't let you see into that plan and what you thought was your victory was actually your mistake and now by what has happened here I have paid the price for the sins of mankind I have settled the same problem once and for all. I have overcome you, devil, Satan, is death. I have overcome all of you. And now I got the victory. Your mistake has become the victory of God's people. Clap your hands and bless the name of Jesus. And what does it mean for you? It means this. And that said the spirit of God. You may be going through things in your life. Difficult things. Painful things. Your whole life seems to be messed up. Nothing is working. The marriage isn't working. The family is torn apart. The business isn't working. Finances is not working. So, so trouble at the workplace. Many people seem to be against you. Friends and loved ones have abandoned you. It looks like the devil has won. It looks like your life will never get better. 
It looks like things will never work for you. It looks like you're finished. It looks like you are done for. But that's the spirit of the Lord. It's not over. It's not. It looks very bad. It looks like everything has gone wrong. But it's not over. What you're going through, you can't make any sense out of it. Why did she have to die? Why did he have to die? Why? We had plans. Great plans. Why did I have to lose this job? I've actually been trying to do my best for the Lord. I've tried. I've tried to serve him. Why is he allowed this to happen? It looks like the enemy has won. But wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. And watch the space. Watch what God is going to do in your life. Watch how He's going to turn things round. Watch how, in an instant, your whole destiny will change. And watch how His glory is going to shine through. It may look like things will never get better for you. Keep holding on. Keep holding on. Don't give up. The devil thinks he has you. That he got you. Powers of darkness and their human agents, they think that they got you. But that is their mistake. And their mistake will turn out into a great victory for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is the message of the Lord to you too. Amen. I don't know who this message is. I don't know. But I'm saying to you, keep your head up and keep looking to Jesus. And on Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate the victory of Jesus over Satan, be encouraged that in the time to come, God will also give you victory in a situation that looks very hopeless for you. And he will glorify himself in your life. Lift up your hand and say, Satan's mistake, my victory. Rise to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. In just about 10 minutes, this service will be over. But as every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you, my friend, and I'm asking those of you here, as well as anybody who is watching, so this Jesus, who gave his life for you, whom I've just preached about, what is your decision concerning him? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you received him as Lord? Have you opened your heart to him? Have you accepted his love? Today on Easter Sunday, I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your heart to Jesus. He alone can turn things around for you and make something beautiful out of you. 
as every head is bowed and every eye closed if you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior you want to say pastor please pray with me I want to give my heart to Jesus wherever you are standing if you want to surrender your heart to Jesus and receive him as Lord and Savior please lift up your right hand on this Easter Sunday. Left it up very clear. Forget about anybody standing by you. What they are thinking. It is between you and your God. Jesus is calling on you now. Says I love you. And I gave my life for you. What is your response? The most appropriate response from you is to also give your heart to him. And if you want to give your heart to Jesus, lift up your hand very clearly. God bless you. I see your hands. I see your hands. Now, I'm going to pray a simple prayer And I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I'll tell you what to do after the prayer. And I want everybody to say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Oh, say it again. Heavenly Father. Today, I come to you. Just as I am. Oh God. Thank you. For sending Jesus. To die for me. It was not easy. But he went through. For me. Today. In response. I give my heart. To Jesus. I receive him. As my Lord my savior for the rest of my life i will serve him and i'll follow him oh god please write my name in the book of life thank you father for hearing my prayer i am saved in jesus mighty name amen amen clap your hands unto the lord my friend Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.